Okay, hello folks. Welcome again to the, another, oof, not just another, not just another episode of Great and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling, but the season 11 premiere, a brand new season here at Grid and Glitter, a new world, Woo! a new era. My name is Harley Vasquez. I'm joined by Mayday. Hello. New season, you know what, change of pace. We thought, why not ask Mayday to come on and talk about something other than Impact? Right, I found a way to shove Impact in the way anyway. True, but it's been a while since like, you've <laughs> talked about anything other than Impact on the show. True. But when it comes to like kind of funny, kind of goofy comedy gimmick matches, I'm like, I, I know just the person. <laughs> that said, um, we are still waiting. Uh, we've been waiting like five, ten minutes. Emma's supposed to be here like at eight o'clock it's now eight fifteen. i'm not sure where she is i've been texting her trying to see oh okay here she is she says no i knew this was gonna happen she's like what are you talking about it's 9 15 i'm like no it's 8 15. we said that clocks okay she says she was here like an hour ago and then we weren't here so she left and now she's busy doing other things and i knew this was going to happen because of daylight savings <laughs> Always daily savings, a thorn in my side forever. The sun goes down at like five o'clock now. It's dark out. It's cold. So we'll celebrate. We'll celebrate the darkness this week. It is our special daylight savings special episode of Grid and Glitter, a brand new holiday here. We are turning up the lights. We are setting the clocks back and we're going dark this week. Not AEW dark. GG dark. <laughs> tried to find the darkest literally the darkest <laughs> matches in women's wrestling i think we got some good ones our opening contest last week we scheduled for one fall it was one fall and <laughs> we were talking about this a lot last week when we did the halloween havoc episode we were like blindfold matches i think i think maybe had never seen a blindfold match mayday i have to assume you're well familiar with the classic jake the snake versus rick the model I've seen a blindfold match or two in my day, including that one. Yeah, and honestly, there can't have been more than a blindfold match or two in, in the history of wrestling. Well, for good reason. Yeah. So I was excited. I saw that one, and yeah, it was it was okay. Like Jake and, and Rick are like pros, you know. They'll they'll do the best they can with the gimmick. When we heard that Sashimoth Martina had been in a blindfold match, when we heard that Becca had been in one, my hopes were raised. I thought, okay, like if there's anybody who can dip. You know, outside of those two, only the people who are like really, you could give me Cole Caban and Toriano in a blindfold match. I bet we, I bet we'll get some business out of that one. Huh. But it's a narrow audience. It's a very <laughs> limited gimmick match. It is. And it's by its very nature, kind of something of a comedy match. I don't think you could. Mm, I, I have no idea how you'd do that one like seriously like play it straight like it has to be a blindfold blood feud yeah like it's it doesn't work (laughs) yeah or just be like 
like a blindfolded monster just like chasing after somebody but then just taking out innocent townsfolk on the way <laughs> so then maybe you have sympathy like oh no like my favorite commentator just got bludgeoned by like being in the wrong place uh, yeah I, I don't know this one our opening contest okay <clears throat> we travel back to valentine's day 2021 it was camp leap frog with their valentine's show camp love frog did you watch this live at the time i don't remember I don't think so. The only thing I do remember is um, the dude love intro at the beginning, um, which is the Mick Foley, like literally a cameo, uh, but from the, you know, the social media, whatever service cameo. Um, and I just remember I spent 200 bucks on that fucking intro. Oh, that was your money spent on that. Uh... Yeah, this was before I worked with... Uh, high tension or camp leapfrog or anything i was just like this would be fun um and i i paid for that and sent him the footage and they they put it in there um and to his credit you know mick foley was awesome i say that like i spoke to him personally but you know the little thing he delivered was was perfectly on brand he was dude love he he commenced the the festivities which is exactly what we asked him to do just this weekend i was thinking could we hire mick foley to be the special guest celebrity host for this year's glitter bombs but I don't know if we have two hundred dollars in the the GNG budget. I've got to go and go and I check. I also don't and know see. if he's even still doing cameos or if that's still his rate. It is, and he is. Oh, nice. Well, there I you go. I looked into this. I, I, nice. I literally looked into it that far. Nice. So we'll see. No spoilers yet, listeners. We still got a month and a half to the glitter bombs. So it was Camp Love Frog. It was a blind date blindfold match. We had either three on Effie drawing names out of a Valentine box, and they drew the names of Love Doug and, as she was known at the time, Basic Becca. Well, Edith was still known as Still Life at that time, which threw me off. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I was like, you think like, oh, it's only two years ago, but a lot of changes in two yeah. years. Yeah. So Effie goes up and kidnaps Becca, basically blindfolds her from behind, drakes her off. And then still life, Edie goes up and tells Doug, like, hey, you're struck by Cupid's arrow right this way. And they walk off. And all of this, just like this opening little, this sketch, just made me miss Camp Leapfrog so much because there's nothing, no other promotion has like this kind of energy to it, you know? Uh, I have, I have my little notes here. I have, one of the things I wrote down was this could only have worked during the pandemic quarantine. Like, this is when the, the indie wrestling scene, and wrestling in general, was far more receptive to, like, cinematic matches and goofy fun and just, like, stuff like that. Like, I, I don't know if it would work the same today. You don't think, the, like, this kind of humor would still have a place with some people? Uh, it might. Um, I mean, one of the other notes I have is this, this the whole show. This whole show has Chris's fingerprints all over it, um, and he's obviously not working with them anymore, so... They've, they've pivoted away from a lot of that stuff. And I, I don't know if something wasn't lost in the transition, but I don't know. Yeah, because it was, it, was, it was also like leftover Chikara residue. The six, yeah, the that's seven. exactly that's what I said. Yeah, this yeah. is all the Chikara people doing essentially Chikara stuff. Um, but then with I don't the know new how generation they got people like Becca. There's no way we can get Effie today. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's... Yeah, it's it's very much a time capsule. I had like PTSD flashbacks when I saw everybody wearing the masks. I know. Again, feels like ancient history by this point. Yeah. 
So we have Effie leading Becca to the ring with a blindfold on. Um, the main issue with this match, aside from the fact that blindfold matches themselves are really tough to have a good blindfold match, was every time Becca hit a move, her mask came off by accident, which clearly was not yeah. like part of the part of the story. That was like that was like I, I stopped counting. I got it got to three, and I stopped counting how many times it popped off. Yeah, and that hindered the story they were trying to tell too, because I think the story was going to involve her cheating by yeah. lifting her mask near the end, and when it's already coming off every five seconds, it's tough to it's tough to make it seem like she's cheating. What I don't get about this match specifically. Um, is obviously it was during the pandemic. It was closed set. There is no crowd. It's just other wrestlers. Just start over. Like, call cut, tie him a little bit tighter, and start the match over again. Like, it's it's going off the rails pretty quickly, and it stays off the rails because the masks keep falling off. Like, just, just start it over. But they didn't. They powered through, and like you said, it, it, it hurt the match. Yeah, that's true. You can reshoot. But also, this isn't the main event title match on a on a huge show it's kind of it's it's improv theater <laughs> i mean i guess but they didn't they didn't improv they just carried forward with the script that now no longer makes any sense <laughs> that's true other than that they tried their best with the blindfold gimmick we got a lot of them we got some spots that we'll see i haven't watched the jake rick martel match in a couple of years but we got spots here that we see later on in the martina match as well like somebody winds up on all fours and somebody like stumbles over them and trips and falls over. You always get I the noticed moment. that as well. Yeah. And you always get the moment. Uh, you, this is obligated, but you always get the moment where somebody grabs the referee by accident thinking it's their opponent. Of course. That's that, that I'm okay with. And the Martina match, well, we'll get to it. They had some, a lot of fun with that. That was like the highlight of that, that match for me. The, uh, the other thing I had in my notes here is I'm wondering, which I didn't actually know which one came first. I think Martina's match came first. Um, but there's a lot of repeated spots. Um, they do the bit where uh, the, the one thing I'm like, oh, that's really clever. I've never seen that in a, in a blindfold match before is where they try to pin their opponent, but their face up or their face down. So it doesn't count because their shoulders aren't on the match. I'm like, all right, that's pretty clever. I, I, I'll give them that. And then I saw it in the Martina match. I'm like, all right, never mind. I think they took that, too. Like, so <laughs> I don't know if that's just like a common blindfoldy spot, but I, I I popped when I first saw it. But I didn't realize that it's been done before. <laughs> Yeah, this one was actually six months before the OTT match. That was August 2021. Really? Uh, wow, all right. So I'm going to assume... Maybe they're both stealing from a third source. Yeah, I'm going to assume... Again, I haven't seen the... Jake and Rick has got to be the most famous blindfold match that happened at WrestleMania. So I don't know if that... i got to assume that's it's one of those things. In the, in the it might be. other match, not to talk too much about that one yet, they call it the Kamala spot where he tries pinning him when he's on his stomach. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen the Jake match in probably since I was like a kid, but yeah, probably should have watched that in preparation for this, but I didn't. That's okay. No, no women involved in that one. This one, they're doing the best they can. So they're, you know, they're doing these fun, these fun spots, which you expect. Near the end, we get, I think Love Dog kisses, the referee is Gina Monty, friend of the show. I think Doug kisses her hand. By accident or on purpose? I'm not sure. I think by accident. I think he thinks it's Becca, and he's like, it's, this is supposed to be a blind date that they're on. So he like kisses her hand. She's grossed out, and she goes to sanitize. So I like working in the, you know, acknowledging we're in the pandemic era here. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's then the a idea, time capsule of a match. And then the idea is that when the referee is sanitizing her hands and not paying attention, Becca takes off her mask, cheats on purpose by hitting yeah. a move. 
which would still raise the question of how Becca knew that the referee was distracted if she had her blindfold on. Well, that's always the conceit of every blindfold match, especially in the Martino match. Um, like the performers can absolutely see that's like we just they just can. There's like, stuff like that. Pieces where they just go to places and do things that you, you can't see if you're actually blindfolded. Um, so, yeah, I, I to be honest, I didn't even think about that till you pointed it out just now. How did Becca know that Gina was distracted? So. <laughs> yeah. And then in the end, uh, that the, the cheating doesn't matter because Doug ends up catching Becca with a jackknife pin for the win. Mm-hmm. So I had high hopes going into this one. I thought, you know what? I like a, I like a good, like stupid gimmick match. I lo- I'm all for comedy and wrestling, you know, sparing me. I, like, I don't want a promotion that's like every single match is comedy. It's not going to hit the same. And I trust Beck and Doug as performers, for sure. But even I came out of this one being like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe blindfold matches aren't good. I'm more open-minded than anybody. It went on way anybody. too long, <laughs> in my opinion. There's a bit of that. Obviously, her losing her mask hurt, repeatedly hurt the match. But even if it hadn't, I feel like the story, just like you're, you're very limited with what you can do story-wise. I mean, the, I was about to go back and time it from bell to bell. And right when I had that idea, um, commentary, who was Blake Chadwick, by the way, now Blake Howard on NXT, um, mentioned, we've just passed the 10 minute mark. And I'm like, oh, OK, so we have been here for a while. Yeah, all I and me being the person I am, I'm trying to think of like, OK, how could we salvage? A, how could you have a good blindfold match? What would need to change? I'm wondering what if a blindfold match where each wrestler has an unblindfolded manager in their corner, like shutting out instructions. That could be something. Because then they're kind of like, I don't know if you watch Survivor, but they do challenges like that where like the one leader of the team is blindfolded and they have to guide their team like, no, roll the ball to the left. Okay, now straight. Go, go, go. Something, something like that where then it's not so... You don't have half the match of them just like walking around, waving their arms in front of them. It can be more like the having the manager yell like, "Swing, like, you know, swing to the left, on your left, like duck, your other left, drop kick, <laughs> things like that." Maybe we might I could see that. something. Yeah, that'd be good actually. Someone should do that. I said they tried to kind of get the the crowd involved, and they do it in the Martina match too, where they're like pointing and they're cheering and booing, and of course they're they're guiding the the baby face to the correct place and they're guiding the heel to the wrong place, usually towards the ref or just flat out towards nothing. Um, but so that's kind of a fun spot, but they, they, yeah, I just, this match specifically, I just think went on too long. Or some sort of, hmm, a no rope blindfold match where the ringside area is like nothing but kiddie pools. <laughs> and the goal is just to like stay in the rings. Like a sumo, it's like sumo rules. That'd be pretty funny, actually. We'll ponder, because we've got one more blindfold match for you we still, do. listeners. But the second match on our list, we're going to take a leap over to England. It was NXT UK, May 2022. Mako Satomura was the NXT UK Women's Champion. Can we Mako Satomura? Again, time in wrestling. I was like, NXT UK was still around a year ago? Yeah, I, I thought I'd been gone for like two or three years, but I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, I'm like, NXT UK was around last year. Mako Satomura was NXT UK Women's Champion last year? Weird. Very, like, uh, very... It does seem like it was one of her final defenses, because after the match, 
they play into like the NXT worlds collide, triple threat, triple threat belt unification, whatever, whatever, which as far as I remember is when they retired the belt. I could be wrong. Um, but it definitely seemed like that was kind of her one of her last defenses. Yeah, she lost to Mandy Rose, and the belts got merged, I think, right? Yeah. I, I, I couldn't remember if it was that, because they did Worlds Collide a couple times. I couldn't remember if it was that one, but I thought it was. And now Mandy Rose is defending the title on OnlyFans, from what I've heard. No, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> so it was Mako Satomura taking on that spooky witch, Isla Dawn, in a World of Darkness match. First World of Darkness match I've ever seen. Which, I didn't know what that meant until they started. I'm like, oh, they meant literally, it's dark. <laughs> yeah, Nigel McGuinness on commentary, no disqualification or count out in a low light setting, is how yeah. we called it. We turned down the house lights, we put up like some blue lights instead. Which was, I was surprised, because um, you kind of get used to it after you know a couple minutes into the match, and then when the match ends and they bring the house lights back up, you're like, wow, that's a completely different vibe. Like, I was surprised at how different the vibe was, and all you did was change the lights. Yeah, well, they also, they tried to make it, like, really spooky and witchy. So the video screens, which would usually be showing, like, the action that's happening in the ring, uh, they had, like, fog and, like, Yeah, it was playing, like, smoke and stuff. On the video yeah. screens, at one point, Isla goes to ringside, and she does, like, a, a witchy spell, which signals the guy in the production truck, and he makes the lights flicker, and he, like, starts up a dry ice machine. Which didn't do anything. I kept waiting for that to do something. I was like, okay, so she's she's got smoke, dry ice, like spooky. And then nothing happened. So that was my takeaway from this whole match. Because as far as like a WWE style um, gimmick, you know, notice qualification match, it, it was fine. I like, I like whenever they bring in new objects or items other than tables, ladders, chairs, ring steps. So we got stuff like... Isla brings out a jewelry box and takes out a lock of Danny Luna's hair that she had apparently cut off, and she uses that. Which I didn't realize Danny Luna was ever on NXT UK. I've, I mean, go figure. I watch Impact. She's on Impact now. I was like, oh shit, I know that name. Um, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was pre. No, actually, I think Subculture altogether were on NXT UK. I'm sure they were. Like I said, I didn't watch. Yeah, as but a I was trio. Just like, oh, I know that name. Um, so yeah, that's cool. I like that. Um, she's a witch, so she brought out a broom from under the ring. Of course. That I liked. I was I was a little disappointed that all of her weapons were not spooky. I was like, oh, and she's got a cord from the production truck, a, you know, a cable and a rope. I was like, the the broom was was great. Like I liked that. I thought she was all gonna do that, and then she just stopped doing it. It was just the broom. Yeah, it's not spooky about a camera cable. A rope, you know. Yeah. If they had had a, like a rope as like a hangman's noose, you could have it as like a Salem reference, or maybe that's yeah, a bit something. dark for WWE. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but it was just like, oh, and she's got a camera cable from the production okay but the the broom was great and the, she broke it over the head and i thought they were at least going to tease a stabbing because it came to a perfect point but then they just didn't uh we got miko with a kendo stick that's just kind of i don't know if that's just like her if i'm just drawing comparison because of hikarushita but maybe is that like affiliated with a lot of japanese wrestlers kendo stick it is that's i was about to say that's something else i have in my notes here is i liked the dichotomy that uh Mako's world was the ring, and Isla's world was outside. Every time they were in the ring, Mako took back control, and every time they went outside, Isla took back control, and I liked that back and forth. Other than that, I'm like, the whole, I don't know, the reason this match is special, the reason this is the main event of the show, is it's the World of Darkness match, yeah. because the lights are dim. 
that didn't really have anything to do with anything, you know? No, it was just a hardcore match. Yeah, they could have done this exact same match with regular lighting. Nothing would have changed. Yeah. And that's what yeah. that was what was weird to me, and we'll get to that as well in the Lights Out match on NXT 2.0, where it's the same thing. It's like this match, the lights are dim, but the wrestlers don't play it like, oh, I can't, I can't really see what I'm doing. It's so dark in here. It's just the lights are dim. Who cares? Yeah. I have, yeah, I have more thoughts. I'll save that for the uh, the Tiffany Stratton match later. In the end, Miko retains. She. Uh, uh, Isla had bought a steel chair in the ring. Miko jumped off the chair to hit Scorpion Rising for the pin. And that was her last defense, yeah, as, uh, if we recall correctly. Okay, so we're two matches into our Darkness playlist. Both of them have been a little bit of a... <laughs> a little bit of a disappointment. Um, you know, like I, that match was fine. It was, it was a fine weapons gimmick match for WWE. I just didn't like that the World of Darkness didn't really have anything to do with anything yeah so let's go to impact because impact wrestling women's matches rarely disappoint it was under pressure may 2018 five years ago now five and a half years ago that's insane because that's the era that i kind of started watching impact yeah and it was ally versus sue young for the knockouts championship in a last rights match you're the you're the impact guy is every casket match in Impact called a last rights match, or is it just this one because of the story? No, that's that's what they call it. Okay. And what I I kept changing my notes because I couldn't remember. Is there a difference between a casket and a coffin? It's a very good question. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't I don't think there is because WWE always calls them casket matches. So I'm like, if it's just yeah. a synonym, then they should call them. Coffin I think they matches. are. The only thing I can think of is when I think coffin, I think much more like wooden box with a you know hard edges and hard angles, and caskets tend to be like more ornate. But I don't know if that's actually the difference or if that's just the mental image I come up with. According to the Schilling Funeral Home and Cremation, the main difference is coffins are for burial, caskets are used at funerals. That makes sense. Like I said, it's much more plain wooden box vice ornate and fancy that no that that makes perfect sense but i mean for 95 percent of usage they're they're synonyms <laughs> yeah so if you're having a match where you try to stuff your opponent into the big box senate ringside it's a casket match the box-like structure yeah if you're having a beard a live match that would be a coffin match true but now that i think about it every time they do a buried alive match they use a casket yeah or they use just like an open an open grave, and there's like there's no yeah. box. You're just thrown in, they just pile dirt on top. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing about this adds up at all. All right, Ali Sue Young, a last rights match. We had a sick video package, music video to kick open the match, but it was all it was all music, so I didn't really get the full context of what happened with Rosemary. She was killed or by Sue Young or something. Yeah. Um. I, I forgot about that little video package and the song and everything. It was awesome when you when you played it live for lack of a better term um that that song was on my playlist for like ever and i went and found it again because re-watching this match but um yeah at the time rosemary and sue young were feuding um and it was you know spooky supernatural impacty stuff undead realm demons because that's what impact does um and i think the real world rosemary was about to be out with an injury or like she was working hurt so she's gonna go take time off to heal or whatever but um 
Sue Young uh, defeated Rosemary in, I don't remember if it was actually a casket match, but she beat her and then put her in a casket, um, thus killing her and therefore sending her to the undead realm because that's how wrestling works. Um, and Allie was like looking for for revenge, retribution, justice, vengeance, what have you. Um, and the whole thing was she was like slowly becoming darker and darker. Um, and in this match, she came out wearing the rosemary face paint. And like, I was about to say she had her hair dyed. I was about to say she had her hair dyed, but she didn't. She had the blonde hair. But the whole premise was like she was kind of becoming Rosemary. Um, she even yells at one point, we are Allie. Like she uses uh, we like Rosemary does. Um, and yeah, she, yeah, she does she, some sort of sit up. Like Rose, the yeah, she does the Rosemary out. like undead like sit up or, you know, from from prone up onto her knees and like the zombie thing. She does that spot straight from Rosemary's playbook. Um, so it was very much like she was channeling Rosemary. Yeah, we have Josh Matthews and Don Callis on commentary. They asked the question at the start of the match, will Allie embrace the darkness? So I'm coming in cold. Oh, the whole time Rosemary was trying to warn her to not do that. Like, don't go down this dark path. Don't become dark. Like, stay yourself and everything. And obviously she didn't. She embraced the darkness. Yeah, so I'm coming into this cold. I haven't watched these previous weeks or pay-per-views. I'm just watching this one match out of random yeah. here. But the way they're talking about this, the way they're talking about Rosemary, and what I know from WWE casket matches, which is like often tons of outside interference and like shenanigans, I'm waiting for Rosemary to appear, turn heel, and cost Allie the match. <laughs> uh, no, this was straightforward. I was sh- yeah, I was shocked at how straightforward this was. Like they have they have a little, it's, it feels short. They have like a little match, you know. They go back and forth. They, the only outside like weapon or anything is a steel chair. The undead bridesmaids they don't get involved at all. They you know they fight in the casket. They try to shut the door on, or the lid on somebody. They fight out back and forth like that, and then uh, Sue Young gets the mandible claw and alley drags her into the casket and closes the lid. And I'm like, that's it? That was yep. that was easy. I remember being kind of underwhelmed by it at the time, especially because they kept building up, like, Dark Alley, and she's got the rosemary paint, and she's kind of doing the demon thing, and she says, she refers to herself as we, and I'm like, oh, so she's becoming the new rosemary. Nope. They never reference it again. Whenever she does come back, she's just Alley again, and they just never mention it again, and I was so disappointed. Yeah, you'd think the idea would be like, oh, she's going to win because she's got, like, Rosemary's, like, soul inside her. And it's like a yeah. hand, it's like a handicap match now against Sue Young And as it went on, as it went on and I started realizing, oh, like, they're not doing that. Um, I was like, oh, maybe it's just literally, like, even in kayfabe, maybe it's just literally face paint. She's trying to, like, psych herself up. But then she does the Rosemary spot. She says, we are Allie. And I'm like, oh, so they are doing that. And then she loses to a mandible claw at the end. I was like, now I'm very confused. <laughs> Yeah, and Sue Young, I felt like, was in control for most of the match, too. So, when I'll... And I don't know. I'm just, I guess, I'm preconditioned to expecting, like, a big spot to end, like, a casket yeah. match. Not just, like, put you in a submission and then shut the lid. The yeah. end. Um, I remember later, I don't remember the exact context, but later, they do have a casket. I don't remember if it was a casket match, but Sue Young brings it out. And they do do exactly what you were saying. They open up the casket and Rosemary's there. And that's how she comes back and she attacks and she saves Allie. And it's a, they do that. Um, but it was not this match. 
Yeah, so this was this was fine. You know, it wasn't uh, wasn't particularly exciting, or it's not something I would say go out of your way to go watch this match or anything. The thing to remember also is this was not it, it says like under pressure. It was not a pay per view. Um, back in the day, Impact they would Plus, just right? no. Back in the day, they would just decide certain episodes had a theme or had a name or whatever. It was just this episode of Impact is called Under Pressure. Like it was not. It was on the weekly show. I think it was on. I think they were on Pop TV at the time, but like it wasn't. Any, it was just like uh, AEW does now, like winter is coming and stuff. It's just, it's yeah, still NXT just dynamite. Does that too. Yeah, it was one of those. So I was like, wait, they're going to commercial? What? Oh, all right. All right. So oof, we're three, three out of five matches through our playlist. They've all been dark in their own way. They've all been a little, a little disappointing. Maybe, maybe uh, our standards are too high. Maybe we expect too much darkness in our wrestling. This was, yeah, did Ali embrace the darkness and it didn't get her anything. So, womp womp. Same, same without the dawn, you know? She ended up uh, she ended up allying with Sue Young as, like, evil dark Ali. So that was, I guess, supposed to be the payoff. But it, at the time, it was very confusing. Yeah, but that's two matches in a row now where the person who asked for, like, the dark, who asked for the darkness lost. And lost, yeah. And lost, and lost uh, the gold. So maybe, maybe there is a lesson in there. Folks. <laughs> All right, match number four. We're going to head over to Ireland. It was August 2021 for Over the Top Wrestling, Outer Space Odyssey 5, a blindfold death match. Yes. Seems like really, uh, really asking for trouble with like barbed wire and, you know, pizza cutters and all that while you're blindfolded. End up lighting yourself on fire by accident. Uh, but this, this wasn't really much of a death match, if we're being honest. <laughs> no, it was more just like a hardcore match, like a weapons match. Like, there was no blood. But they were blindfolded, and they stayed blindfolded for the entirety I of the match. I, I have that in my notes. I was like, this is probably why they have... I wrote hoods, but in, in retrospect, it, there was some kind of like black cloth um, that they then very securely tied onto both of their the back of both of their heads. Vice, what I think, Leapfrog had like sleep masks. Um so like go figure they're they're on and they stay on the whole time. Yeah, see, the hood is what uh, Jake the Snake and Rick the Model did as well. So yeah, the, the, they had actual hoods, um, but the the over the top had some kind of like like a square of cloth that they pulled back and tied off. So it's Session Moth Martina taking on the male wrestler Be Cool. Session Moth is accompanied in the ring by Session Sadie, one of her forty-five children. <laughs> which is great oh the crowd loved session sadie by the way yes and um the fact that she's at ringside for this blindfold death match um questionable choice from her mother but it is what it is luckily the well, she no could bad. only get 44 babysitters that's true so martina and uh, i will still go ahead be cool i don't i'll refer to him as cool i guess they're both blindfolded to kick off the match it's martina so you're a martina fan right how can you not be? Everyone fancies Martina. Yes. We get her um, like unloading with punches to the turnbuckle because she doesn't realize that it's Which was not great. Cool. <laughs> we get the classic, like I said, we always have to have a blindfold match, a spot where somebody grabs the referee by accident. In this one, they full on be cool, picks up uh, the referee and gives him an airplane spin. Wait, mm-hmm. no. Airplane spin from cool. Yeah, no, he does. Yeah. He gives an airplane spin to the referee 
as he's spinning, Martina wanders over by accident. He clips Martina with it, yeah. Gets a boost to the head. Classic. And then we got my favorite moment of the match. Maybe my favorite moment of all five of these matches, honestly. Okay. We get the spot where the one wrestler is pointing at each of the turnbuckles and waiting for the crowd to cheer to tell them when they're pointing at their opponent and where their opponent is. Yeah, it's like a hot-cold situation. Yeah, like, here? And the crowd's like, boo! Here? No! And it's be cool in this situation in the middle of the ring pointing. He points at the two empty turnbuckles. The crowd boos. He points at the turnbuckle where Martina is standing. They still boo. Then he points at the referee at the corner where the referee is, and the crowd cheers their lungs out. And that got <laughs> that got a laugh out of me. That was good. I was going to say my favorite spot of this match. Well, there's two. One at the very, very before the match even starts, Martina tries to drink her beer and realizes she can't because she's got the hood on. Um, and the commentary is like, she didn't think this through, which that, that got a laugh out of me. Um, but the other spot was when Be Cool actually pins the ref. Um, I don't remember if Martina counts. I don't think she does. I think the, the crowd just yells one, two, three. And he jumps up and celebrates and is like, why aren't you playing my music? I won. Let's go. Like, we're done. And they have to tell him, like, no, that wasn't Martina. Yeah, this one won me over a little bit more. I was like, okay. This was, this was the best match of the five. Yeah, I'm like, maybe, maybe blindfold matches can work it's just it's just a really tough one to pull off and you need some good com- some good comedians in there really there's do. a moment where she's like swinging her arms like you know swinging fists and he's ducking and shrieking like a li- like a little girl at the top of his lungs and again i was like love this <laughs> we get and and kind of i'm kind of playing on my thoughts from the other match of like maybe it'd be better if you had like seconds at ringside who could see what was going on he did. Be Cool had a partner at ringside who was, was helping like a him out. Documentary crew or something, or at least in kayfabe. Yeah, something like that. And they were hand, they were like handing him a kendo stick. They helped him out a couple of times trying to cheat with Martina. Martina ended up getting a, a kendo stick, which is a kendo stick just covered with beer cans. Yeah. They have a little bit of a sword fight, still blindfolded. Um, there were there are still always those moments that like really stretch the kayfabe for you so like martina and sometimes the camera the ott cameras like missed things like all of a sudden she's got two things of wax strips in her hands and i'm like where did she get those how did she get those that was they were clear. in her back i think i forget no that was stratton yeah that's true where did she get those i don't know uh. and she puts them on his chest and again it's like if she was really blindfolded there's no way she'd be like have that kind of accuracy and she rips him off later, and the same thing. It's like, I don't believe that somebody blindfolded would be able to pull this off as effortlessly as she what, has. What What broke me was, I think I think when she was getting the, the strips, it might have been the Kando stick, whatever. But at one point, she like looks right into the camera and like grabs the frame of the camera and says something to it, and then continues about her way to grab something from under the ring. I'm like, none of that makes any sense if you're blindfolded. How did she know where any of that was? <laughs> Yeah, that said, I haven't tried to do any of these things blindfolded myself, and I'm not a trained That's athlete. True. And I guess the kayfabe explanation is, you know, years of ring awareness means you know where everything is. Yeah, they should, hmm. Blindfold match between, like, an up-and-coming talent, like a Kip Sabian. Yeah, I know he's not that upcoming, but somebody like him versus someone like Brian Danielson. And Danielson wrestles the entire match flawlessly because he's such a pro that having a blindfold just makes no difference to him. He, like, he just instantly knows where he is yeah. at all times. He knows where he is. He knows where his opponent is. He's got, oh, uh, yeah, like that, that'd be good. 
Yeah, or like, mmm, blindfolded pure rules match. Because then it's like, you get Cesaro, uh, uh, Claudio Castanoli grabbing like somebody's wrist, and then he just like doesn't let go for 15 minutes. And so he, yeah. he never has to worry about where his opponent is because he's got a hold of them the whole time. I've always some, wanted someone to do the, like, that's not your opponent, that's the ref spot, and realize it's the ref because they grab the ref shirt, but they never do. Like, my opponent wasn't wearing a collared shirt. Like, this is clearly the ref. This one they did a little early on in the match. They they, they teased the moment where like Be Cool almost grabbed Martinez's breasts, but then luckily yeah. it was the referee instead. Yeah. So we get the Kendo stick. We get a bag of Lego uh, thanks to Be Cool's uh, guy. Oh, we don't side. Legos. He was mad. They oh. were like Mega Blocks or something. Right. We had that last week. Last week we watched another another match from a different promotion and it was the same thing we're like is that lego and i was like no no no, those are mega blocks he i like, have a kid he like picks them up feels them around he's like these are mega blocks and you're like it's an outrage or whatever I, that that got a laugh out of me and in the end uh biku ends up hitting a brain buster to martina onto the legos for the win so really that really if i'm nitpicking the only thing i didn't like about this match was yeah there were a couple moments where it strained cred- credibility that uh, like he was able to grab her and hit like a like you know was able to like know where her where she was was able to grab the candlestick without fumbling around. Otherwise, it's a pretty decent match. Yeah, this was by far the best match of the five, um, and it, it like you said it reaffirmed my faith in blindfold matches. Like they can be done, they can be entertaining by their very nature. They're going to be silly, so they've leaned into it. And th- if you're going to do a blindfold match, this is how you do it. Hmm. So this is our new stance. It is not that blindfold matches are bad. It's that blindfold matches are the hardest wrestling match to do. And yeah. if you can pull it off, you're a real pro. And it's uh, it's also apparently very hard to do a blindfold match with any original spots. Like, if you can come up with a clever original spot in your blindfold match, now, you, now you're cooking. It's like, yeah, okay, sure. He wrestled like a 73-minute match at the Tokyo Dome. Has he had a good blindfold match? No, then he's not the greatest wrestler of all time. Boom. But I, I do think Kenny Omega could do a great blindfold match. He's really good. He wrestled a nine-year-old kid, and it was amazing. Yeah, he's got the DDT. Ooh. Yeah. Well, um, uh, what's her, uh, stalling for time. Maybe I'll edit this out. Maybe I won't. Quickly looking, looking, looking. Her name is Yoshihiko. Oh, the the inflatable doll. Yoshihiko in a blindfold match. That'd be funny. <laughs> against, like, Speedball or against, like... Somebody like that? That's my that's my that that's my new dream match. Anybody ask like what's your dream match? Yoshihiko versus Speedball Mike Bailey in a blindfold match. Yes. Book it, you cowards. <laughs> or oh, blindfold take match? Oh. Here you go. Working on what I was saying before. Blindfold take match where you have to switch blindfolds when you take in. So if you're on the apron, you're not blindfolded, but once you hit the, once you take, you have, to, you have to switch the hoods. Yeah, you'd have to find a way to like they'd have to both have blindfolds and they just pull them up and down because actually switching back and forth would like stop them like yes. cold. Yeah, you'd have to have them like it, it goes no from headband to blindfolded back. <laughs> like, I could see that like a like a kung fu headband. You just pull it down to be the blindfold and you're done. You pull it back up and it's a headband again. Yeah, although uh, Becca tried kind of tried that and it didn't really work out. It also wasn't tied. It was like elasticy around her head. All right, we're, we're, we're workshopping. We'll get back to you folks. I promise. <laughs> Blindfold match in CFU next year, guaranteed. Oh, my God. Blindfold in the cage. 
Someone just runs full speed into the cage. Boom. All right, last match on our playlist in this darkness-themed series of matches. NXT 2.0, August 2022, just over a year ago. Tiffany Stratton versus Wendy Chu in a lights-out match. This this was another one, much like the NXT UK. Like, I didn't realize 2.0 was still around last year. Like, that also feels like ancient history. But Yeah, it only it literally only lasted one year, I think. Yeah. And I I had completely forgotten Tiffany Stratton's original gimmick of, like, daddy's girl with, like, the tennis racket and, like, the private clubs and everything. Like, I forgot about that entirely. Like, I'm so glad she's moved on from that. Yeah, and I read an interview with her where she said the only reason they dropped that part of the gimmick was they couldn't find a wrestler to, like, play her dad. I saw that. Yeah, like, they, they didn't know who daddy was going to be, so they just stopped referencing it. I'm like, that seems like a very WWE way to write things. So Tiffany Stratton, Wendy Chu, main event of NXT 2.0. Lights Out match is it's just the World of Darkness match again, right? There's no it's exactly difference. It's the same. Except Actually, no, it's not exactly the same. There's no spooky stuff. They don't have the spooky fog. Um, yeah. Wendy Chu's... But other than that, yeah, it's exactly the same. Yeah, instead they lean... Either Dom was a wish, they had the spooky stuff. Wendy Chu is um, a narcoleptic. So they lean to her side of things, which is like she... During the commercial, some guys wheel her out on stage in a bed, I guess. And not just a bed, but she has an end table and everything. And she has a little yeah. sippy cup. So, yeah, they're leading to that side of things. But I know they've done... This was um, August 2022, this year Halloween Havoc. They did another Lights Out match with B Priestley and... Somebody. Gigi Dolan, maybe? Priscilla Kelly? Maybe. I think maybe, yeah. So Lights Out seems to be like a new thing NXT UK is doing now, where we turn the lights down low and we have a match. And again, it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't. Like, that's a very good point that I hadn't really thought about until you mentioned it. Like, this could have just been a regular hardcore match. There's no reason. I guess there's somewhat more thematic reason this time because of Wendy Chu and the, you know, the sleeping and the nap time and turn the lights down. But even that's a stretch. Like... Yeah, we don't get a video package on this one. Vic Joseph on commentary says that they both used night vision goggles at one point. I do remember that, and that was hilarious. Okay, I don't like. I wasn't watching. They so. were backstage. They were backstage, and I don't. I don't remember the setup or anything. I think I probably just saw the clip on Twitter. Um, but the lights actually go out, go out, and it's like dark, and like it's complete pitch black, and then you hear like the little. And like the camera magically has night vision, you know, go figure. Um, and it's got, and it shows Wendy Chu with like night vision goggles, and she attacks Tiffany. Like it was funny. Like that was that was well done. And I wish the match itself had done something like that. Yeah, because otherwise, again, it's just like oh, it's a mood lighting, and then a WWE gimmick match. I liked yeah. this one more than the NXT UK one because I felt like this one had more urgency. Like right from the start. They're wrestling quicker. They're wrestling like more aggressively. Tiffany gets a garbage can over the head, and uh, Wendy's beating on her with the tennis rackets. We get a toolbox. Um, we get the instead of a table, we get the bed, like Wendy's bed. Yeah, brought that down was to funny. Ringside, which I liked that bit. And it's the old it's the old Chekhov's gun thing, where as soon as you see the bed at ringside, you're like, okay, so the match isn't going to end until somebody goes to that bed. Yeah. We get a pink steel chair, obviously a reference to Women's Wrestling Army. We get uh, a turnbuckle wrench. We get 
uh, hairspray to the eyes, obviously a uh, reference to the allure out of ROH. Yeah. Clearly, an homage to the allure. And, oh, we get Wendy using her body pillow. So, again, I love when we get one or yes. two new weapons that we don't normally get, and especially if they're, like, specific to the character. It was a loaded pillow. Oh, yeah, not just a body pillow. body pillow full of Legos. Of actual Legos, not Mega Bloks. No expense spared. Yeah, they could afford the brand name. <laughs> I don't think the match was sponsored by Lego. But It wasn't. Which made me... That's something I want to look into. Who was the... Like, when... Where did Legos in wrestling matches originate? Somewhere in the, the Indies. Internet. Yeah. But yeah, it's rare that like something... The meme of like, stepping on a Lego hurts, and then the internet, or then you know, indie wrestling just ran with that. Yeah, but it's, it, this surprised me because it's rare that WWE will like, pick up on something like that and embrace it as their own. Usually they're too like, too proud. That's true. But it's probably only got away with it because it was NXT. True, NXT, and because like, this is... Wendy's like kind of like a little kid character in a way you know she's like sleeping in her little bed with her like onesie on and her eye mask uh, kind of like OG Bailey so I guess yeah. like Lego that works I I will say though speaking of WWE doing stuff um, I could not stand the crowd in this match I, I this whole crowd um, every pinfall they did the whole two sweet and I'm just like what year is it why are we doing this like oh my god um and the world of darkness match nxt uk was like sweetened as hell like those those that audience was not making those sounds that was all dubbed in later but i much prefer that to the i don't remember if it was full sale or the performance center or whatever wherever the nxt match was i i could not stand the crowd trying to get themselves over i i hate that I've been watching old NXT from like 2015, like the oh my god, I'm the, so sorry, the early Joe era, and yeah, the the NXT crowd in general is like one of the worst wrestling crowds in history. They're just like so it's, into themselves, so self like self referential, and thinking that yeah, they're the it's, stars it's of the show. It's a perfect storm. It's a perfect storm of a small crowd full of smarks that get a weekly show in front of them every week. Like you can avoid a lot told of that by Triple H that like they're important. Triple H comes out and like yeah. you're NXT, we're NXT, and it's like oh yeah, we're yeah. As, we're as important as the the wrestlers. Yeah, you can avoid a lot of that by touring. Like you don't see the same people in the same spots in the same chairs every week, and so they don't start to get comfortable and they don't start to like try to insert themselves into the show. Like it's just we're here in our hometown for wrestling, but when it's the same town in the same venue. For week after week after week for like, you know, six years, yeah, the crowd's going to start getting smarky. Other than that, the women here did a hell of a Well, oh, the match itself was good. Yeah, we, we do. I just can't stand the crowd. We do finally get the bed brought into play. Um, Tiffany tries to blow some makeup powder in Wendy's face. Wendy avoids it and gives Tiffany kind of like a urinagi through the bed. And then. Speaking uh, of. of- weapons and gimmicks that play into the character she had the makeup powder she had the hairspray that fit that absolutely fits her character at the time so i liked that too yeah i like all that make you know and um a good character should be an amalgamation of all these things right it's not just like how they look it's what they have it's where they exist where where are they doing the promos it's, if every rest is doing the promo on the same like you're small independent you can only afford like the one the one backdrop you're wwe 
I want to be seeing promos from all these people. I want to see Tiffany doing a promo at like the hair salon. I want to see Wendy doing a promo at like Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> like, yeah, that'd be funny. And then Wendy hits her top rope splash, which is kind of like I hadn't seen that before because I didn't watch NXT 2.0. Kind of like a top rope Vader bomb almost. I was about to say it's like half a Vader bomb, half a splash. The setup is vaguely bonsai drop ish. I don't know what it is, but I liked it. Yeah, Wendy gets the big win, and then um, I think she's injured right now, which is why she's not hasn't been around in a while. Well, by speaking of which, somewhere in there, Tiffany Stratton got injured. I was reading up on like she got injured somewhere in this match, and that's why she got taken off TV. Mm. And when she came back, they stopped doing. Yeah, when she came back, they stopped referencing the daddy thing, and that was like the start of her change in her character. Um, so indirectly, was this match is is the cause of that and the source of that. Um, but I knew that ahead of time, and I was watching, and there was no moment of like, oh, that's where she got injured. Like, I I have no idea. I don't even know what it was. Like, did she like sprain her wrist, break a leg? You know, I I don't know. We've seen so many times like it can literally just be like jumping off the second rope and landing on your ankle weird. Yeah, oh, yeah. Out, of, out of action for seven months. Well, but even then, you can be like, oh, oh, no, she's hurt. Like, you can tell. But, like, I, at no point could I be like, oh, that's where she got injured. Like, I have no idea. But apparently this was the match where it happened. <laughs> All right. Wendy picks up the big win. Tiffany is the winner in the long run. Although, well, hopefully Wendy comes back soon and gets some more treatment. Because I've always been a big fan of Karen. Uh, I would hope for some evolution of her character. Now that 2.0 is gone, like the yeah. the sleepy nap time Wendy Chu does not fit with NXT as it exists today. Like, just go back to being Karen Q. Yeah, don't go back to being Mei Ying because like she has too much personality to just be sitting there stoic on a throne. Yeah. But uh, yeah, find find a balance. You know, they they did that with Bailey. Right. God, we watching those old exactly. early Bailey promos where she's don't, like asking. Don't relaunch it entirely, but do something, shake it up a bit. Year one, Bailey was like asking the interviewers if they like asking Renee if she wanted to like play robots with her. It's like, is she meant yeah. to be like eight years old? <laughs> yeah. So find a, find the balance. In terms of light, lights out matches though, NXT lights out matches, because they did another one this year. I haven't watched that one. Again, I came away from it being like, okay, the gimmick of the match is that dim lighting, but it doesn't yeah. affect anything. Like the lights could they be out. They should definitely do match. like lights out entirely with like little NVG glasses that'd be a funny spot and then the other wrestler counters like a flashlight beam to the face which blinds them like you could do spots with you could do it I had that in my notes I'm like you can for the for us the viewers at home you could do the same style of lighting where like we can see what's happening but it's kayfabe you know they can act as if like they really are struggling to see more than like a foot in front of them you can do spots where somebody grabs a spotlight, flashes it on, ah, oh, the opponent's blinded, they can't see what's happening, then you grab them for like a quick roll-up. Well, yeah, depending on how long the match is, because if you go too long, it, it would get annoying, I think. But you could do the like NVG footage where like it's all tinted green, and you could just pretend it's like a filter. and like. Yeah, maybe you uh, go to punch your opponent, and you actually like, punch the ring post, or punch out one of the camera yeah. guys, because you can't tell who that is standing there. Yeah, like, I'm like, why? Why do lights out if it doesn't? If it's just for like the aesthetic, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. actually affect anything. Mix them, kind of mix both ideas. The lights are out, and therefore they can't see. So like, it is sort of a blindfold match. Yeah, or go the other way. You know, go like full lights match where it's like blinding. Like it, everybody's wearing sunglasses because like it's so white. <laughs> oh jeez.
right, that's it. That was our daylight saving lights out special. We we workshopped a lot of great ideas. Promoters, feel free to steal any of them. I don't mind. Um, I challenge you to come up with a good blindfold match. Surprise me. My my only request is if you steal any of our ideas for a show, I, I want a complimentary ticket to that show. Yeah, I want a special autographed blindfold for my own. <laughs> no, I just want to be able to watch it. That's it. Thank you for listening. As always, that is the start of season 11. We have a lot of things planned for the upcoming months. We've got another episode of Living Legend, where we profile the career of a legendary female wrestler. We've got the Glitter Bombs coming up in December, one month from now. You can vote, and then it'll be the fifth annual Glitter Bomb. So we've got some things planned for that. All sorts of other surprises. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, Great Glitter Pod. Support us on Patreon. We take your money. We use it to hire McFoley to introduce the Glitter Bombs. Which one? Hmm. But then we have to have a, an internal vote among the Glitterati. You'd be like, is it McFoley? Is it Mankind? Is it, Do- is it Cactus Jack? Who do we want? <laughs> who would you vote for? I know who I'm voting for. I already had Doolittle. I'm going to keep you. I'm about to say, do you want me to say, or should we keep it a secret? I love McFoley the man. I feel like Mankind would be a little greeting <laughs> as a host. <laughs> all, That's the, fair. all the rocking and the screeching. <laughs> Yeah. I'd be, I think I'd lean towards Cactus Jack myself. <laughs> All right. That's us. Mayday, where can people find and support you and everything you do? Uh, I'm at most social medias on at Mayday86, M-A-Y-Y-D-A-Y-Y-86. It's not a typo. It is a long story. Um, and also uh, CFUs at Combat Fight ULTD because character limits are a thing um, on most social medias. Come back next week. I will be joined by Glitterati member Don Howell. We will be talking with French-Canadian up-and-coming wrestler, the sweetest pea, Chris Stara.